guys, this one mistake that we're going to cover today costs millions of men money and happiness, lots of money and lots of happiness. When I'm talking about like happiness, I'm talking about happiness and connection in relationships with our partners, with our kids, with our friends, the people that actually matter to us most. Um, And by the way, for those of you who don't know us, this is Josh. He's the CEO of JCF and I'm James. I'm the founder of JCF. Uh, We run JCF Coaching. So we're a strategic and performance coaching company who help men make more money, enjoy their jobs and their careers way, way more, have better relationships with the people who matter most and feel fucking incredible while we're doing it. So that means we help beat anxiety, depression, low energy, brain fog, all that sort of stuff. So Josh, we're going to talk about congruence today. This is a fun one. Congruence, man. I, I want to crack into it because I'm I'm interested in how this has impacted a lot of things in your life. And and one of the big things was is like what you had kind of two paths that we've touched on back in the day of like, well, you had the option to go down the road of like medicine and become a doctor. And then the other option, which took you down the medical science route. And I was like, well, back then, Harded, why? Why did you choose that path? Like, what was the difference between the two, and what made help you made that decision? Well, so first of all, like in in year twelve, uh, when I was finishing school and sitting HSC and all that sort of stuff, I was told by a lot of people, "Oh, you'd make a really good doctor. You should be a doctor." All that sort of stuff, and so I was pretty much labelled and pushed down that path of like pursuing a career as a doctor or as a pharmacist, as a dentist, right? And literally, it was just like what I was told to do. And there was no actual love for it, passion for it, anything like that. It's just told like, this is pretty much what you should do. That's what happens with a lot of 18-year-olds, right? Is you just get told, oh, this is what you should do in your career. This is what you should do for the rest of your life. You've got 18 years of age, you've known nothing but school and you're still on your mum's tit, but now you should go out and make this big decision, which is going to (laughs) shape the rest of your life, right? And so pretty much, you know, I went and I sat all the medical entrance exams to get into medicine in uni and I failed. Like I didn't get there, (laughs) so I missed out on that. And so that's what actually originally put me into medical science, which was the biggest blessing ever, blessing in disguise. And so what I ended up doing is I went and I, I, I did the medical science degree, which is like, it's like pre-med pretty much. Uh, it's like a, it's a degree which prepares you to go into pharmacy, dentistry, uh, or into, into medicine and, and, and go and become a doctor. And so I went and studied that and I was going to pursue doing medicine. Like I was going to pursue go down, going down the doctor's realm. Like I wanted to be an endocrinologist working with hormones because I found them absolutely fascinating at the time. And I'll, I'll never forget this, like what happened. So back when I was at uni, I was coaching, you know, a number of people, you know, for those of you who know me well, like I had a full client list of clients who I was coaching before I left uni. And one of these guys had a really, really tough time. He was obese, anxious, depressed, had the testosterone of an 80-year-old man. Uh, He had a lot of shit going on in his life, the poor bastard. He was a really, really nice guy. And I still remember going in to see the endocrinologist with him. So I went in there and I was just like moral support with this for this guy to go in and get yeah. some help from this endocrinologist. And I thought, cool, this is going to be sick. Like, number one, I'm going to be in here with a client who's got all these issues, who I love working with. I was getting really, really good results with him. He was progressing really, really well. And then at the same time, I'm going to see how an endocrinologist gets to the bottom of helping him with his low testosterone and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, and pretty much we walk in there. And we go in to, to talk to the endocrinologist and she hated that I was there, like hated that I was there and was really rude to both me and him. I thought, well, that's a bit fucking weird. 
And then I'll never forget this. She tried like several power plays and this was one of them. She pretty much told him without any testing, any diagnosis, only being in there for like 15 minutes. She told him, like, it sounds like you've got a pituitary tumor. That's why you're not able to produce testosterone. And I was like, my jaw like hit the floor. Now you've just told a guy who's anxious, depressed, has low testosterone, severely obese, doesn't have a whole lot of confidence. You've just told him that he's got cancer, right? That's all that he's heard. He's just heard, I have cancer right now. And I'll never forget how much that impacted him. And she was there standing on a high horse, right? Um, I couldn't believe that. And that was the moment where I said, fuck this. Like, and I'd, I'd had a couple of other run-ins with doctors before, um, like with them just being really shit, trying to over-prescribe med- medication. Like so many of our clients were on medications that they fucking didn't need to be on. Like some people who um, doctors have prescribed antidepressants and said, no, 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 you're going to be on this for the rest of your life. Statins, you're going to be on this for the rest of your life. Uh, and there's heaps of stuff. And I was already quite dis- disenchanted with it. But then I thought, you know, endocrinologists, that's cool. They're specialists. They're super smart. That'll be different. And then I, I, I still remember that moment and how much that shattered him. Like it shattered this dude for months all because this chick wanted to have an ego trip and, and prove to him and prove to me that she was the one in charge. Funnily enough, he didn't have a pituitary tumor. He just had a whole heap of other stuff that was going on beforehand, which could have been really, really easily fixed if this bitch actually took two seconds to give a fuck about him. And and from that moment, I was like, oh, fuck medicine. Like, if this is how I end up, if this is what the doctors, like every experience I had over and over just recurring was bad. Now, they're not all bad. Like, I'm not going to say they are. But I kept seeing like 90%, 95% of them are just crap. And, and the results of the medical industry was really, really poor. And so I thought, well, I'm not going to go and do that then. Like, why would I go and do that? Why would I go in, into a, an industry where you're not helping people? You say like, yeah, we're here to help. And they take the Hippocratic Oath, which is do no harm. That chick certainly did some fucking harm when she did that. So that oath clearly means bugger all to them. And from that moment on, I was like, no, no way the hell, no way am I going to go and pursue this path. Well, look, without getting my nose too far up there, like even though you failed, you get that nose deep, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's a bloody rough time. It's ridiculous, but you know, even though you failed your medical entry exams, the skills that you have in terms of the habits that you've developed, you're a pretty hard performing dude. You do really well at what you choose to go at. But you mentioned like it was a blessing that you didn't get in. Why do you? How so? Like, how is that a blessing? You could have changed the industry. Like, what? What was it that you look back on now with hindsight that it's a blessing for you? Well, first of all, I didn't like it that much. So, whenever and this is like with most people, if you're interested in something, generally you can do pretty well. And funnily enough, at school, I failed all the things that I hated, right? And I didn't enjoy, and, and I did quite well in the things that I did like. I mean, it's the same with everybody, right? And so, first of all, I didn't like it. I was going into a profession and a path where I would have put myself $100,000 in debt to go and, you know, nearly $100,000 in debt to go and do this degree. Then on top of that too, I would have invested five to 10 years of my life, if not more, only to get out on the other end and be like, oh, this sucks, right? That's That would be like the worst thing ever. Financially trapped and having the investment of time where you have what, what's called the sunk cost fallacy. The sunk cost fallacy is when you sink so much time, money, energy, or effort into something that even when it's failing, you won't 
cut it, you won't do something else because you've sunk so much investments in. It's the same thing as like how hazing works, like in the army and frat systems and stuff like that. Like in the army, they go and like they bastardize people. Like they put them through fucking hell so that when they get through the other side and they're actually accepted into the army, they don't then leave as easily because they've put gone through so much to get in there to leave would just like ruin all that effort, right? Uh, and so that's the first reason why I was blessing was a blessing. But the second thing was instead of me going about a traditional medical route and doing what they were doing, I kind of went my own way and started doing my own thing. And funnily enough, we started getting really, really good results with a lot of people who a lot of doctors would turn away. And one of the things that I prided myself on was like, if a doctor couldn't help you, and if the doctor said that you had a a, a condition which was uncurable or unfixable, we could probably help you um, because we've done it like many times over. Remember, I also had IBS. So I went through my whole bipolar anxiety, IBS, and the doctors did sweet fuck all for me, right? Nobody helped me at all. Doctors, specialists, naturopaths, acupuncturists, like all these sorts of people, not saying that those professions are bad, but the people who are doing that were bad at their job. And so one of the things that I would do is I obviously fix myself and then I fixed a whole heap of other people as well using very, very simple basic methods, which are totally non-invasive and didn't involve using drugs. And so I went down that path and we got really phenomenal results. And you've seen some of the results. We got like, look at Adam Nash, like the dude's crushing it. Look at the number of guys with digestive issues, like who are absolutely crushing it. Now they don't have that. Look at the guys with low testosterone who came to us who don't have that anymore. The guys with anxiety, with depression, who've had suicidal thoughts. You know, there's a guy called Josh who literally he decided to join us because he said, oh, well, fuck it. I was going to kill myself next week. Let's just try this and see how it works. And so then, you know, he's, by the way, crushing it right now, like doing exceptionally well, a really, really good dude. And we're getting all these results when other people failed. And that's probably one of the coolest things out of it, like out, out of the whole thing. And then on top of this too, is that I ended up making more money out of it. So by the time I was like 21 and 22, I was making more money than what doctors were making. So I was getting better results, having way more fun and making way more money than what I would have had ever done if I pursued that medicine path. And that's why I think congruence is so important because if we follow something which we're truly passionate about and we stick to our values and stick to our beliefs, we're always going to have a much nicer time than if we compromise on our values, compromise on our beliefs and become incongruent. We don't practice what we preach. We preach things that we don't believe. It's always going to be a really, really tough time if we do that. Yeah. Can you, can you kind of dive into the bet that like, what do you mean by congruence and what does that look like for guys who, who aren't congruent they may not know like what that is causing in their life or have any idea like that they're being incongruent what does that look like totally so uh, on the simplest level being congruent is walking the talk doing what you say you'll do for example um having an overweight personal trainer right that is not someone who's overweight who's being a personal trainer who is trying to teach people to lose fat that is not congruent right because to some degree, you should always practice what you preach. If you want to preach about people, how your methods are great and how they work really, really well, and you can help people lose fat effortlessly, you should be making money. Uh, a broke accountant or a bro- an accountant with a massive tax debt or a broke financial advisor or a stockbroker who's never been able to make money, right? There's a big lack of congruence in there. Uh, in the coaching industry, you know, we're, we're famous because we spend so much money on mentoring. We, we invest several hundred thousand dollars per year into mentoring right? Not many people in the, who coach actually do that. Most people who are coaches don't have a coach themselves, whereas we have fucking shitloads of them, yeah. right? That's congruence, is being in alignment, acting in alignment with your thoughts, your values, and your beliefs. 
Okay, so that's that's kind of right, making that alignment thing. Okay, so what happens when you're outside of that? What happens when you're not aligned? What happens when you're incongruent with the things that you know walk in the talk? You're not you're not necessarily walking the talk. You're just talking. Uh, so this is a good one. So a lot of one of the things that a lot of guys who are in business will say, a lot of guys in business will say, oh, it's so hard to find good staff, so hard to find good employees. And then you ask them, well, why is that? It's because uh, well, well, they no one wants to work hard. No one's any good at it anymore, at their jobs anymore. No one wants to put in. They just care about themselves. And so then the immediate question I'll ask back is, well, how much do you invest in your employees? How much do you invest in training them? How much do you give? How much do you care about them and their futures? How much do you care about the house that they want to buy? How much do you care about the effect that work has on their family and what you're actually doing, what you're providing there? Are they spending enough time here? Are they spending enough and not enough time? Are they in alignment with their summit? How much time do you spend there? And one of the most common answers is zero, right? And so that's a big area of incongruence where you as the business owner, we as the business owners, we are expecting our employees to care about our business as much as what we do, but we don't care about the employee's life as much as what they do. And so if you want somebody to be highly invested in your business, care about them. Show congruence there, right? If you expect somebody to treat you a certain way, start by treating them that way and start by acting that way in return because it's amazing how well people will perform when you actually give a shit about them. And I think that's one of the biggest issues that we have in general is that we want to have, we want our partners to respect us more. Well, how much do we respect them? right? That's the first thing. Uh, we want our partners, we want to have more sex, right? Well, are we giving our partners what they need as well? And so I feel that congruence is one of the areas which costs millions of men money and happiness because when we act incongruently, we often lose what we want to get. We often lose good employees who want to work with us. We often lose good team members. We often can't climb up the corporate ladder as much as what we like. We can't make the money that we want to make. We can't uh, get the love, affection, respect from the people that we want it from. And then most importantly, we don't show up the way that we should. And whenever we don't show up the way that we should, and I'm talking as a man, the way that we want to show up as men, as men, we all want to be treated with respect, right? We want people to listen to us, care about what we have to say, and really just treat us the way that we want to be treated. But at the same time, if you're acting like a little bitch, if you're always tired, exhausted, lethargic, whinging, complaining, not fixing your problems, hesitating, not owning your shit, if you're like that, you're not going to have a good time with getting respect because why the fuck would anybody respect you? That makes a hell of a lot of sense. I think it. I think it's one of the coolest things that you've helped create inside, just inside your company at JCF, is like our super saiyan shit. Like making sure we spend a majority of our time when we're not, when you know, each of us aren't getting mentored. It's focusing on how do we reach our summit because that's what we focus on, guys. With and as a as a mentor, you're always kept on your toes because if you aren't congruent, it's very very hard to get somebody else and to hold them accountable in the direction of where they want to go and what they want to achieve. Doesn't mean they want to achieve the same thing. It just means that we all know that it takes steps and actions and you know, like you said, owning your own shit to get there. And I think that's probably probably one of the coolest things that has created such an awesome culture inside JCF is that everybody knows. Well, how does it change for you? Like for you, because you're obviously, you're here, you're our CEO, you run the show. Like knowing, how, how does it change for you the fact that we have everything, you're totally incentivized to hit your summit and to, to reach the things that are most important for you? 
it's I'll never be able to explain it to people with what it's like to to work at JCF because it's it's changed my entire life. It's changed the way I view leadership. It's changed the way I view management. It's changed the way I I view employees. It's changed the way I, I completely view business because our targets are completely different. Our targets are the achievement of our employees. The targets are the achievement of our clients and everything else. Like we're all congruent with that. And I think the term, I would use the term flow, like everything flows with so much ease. Like you watch so many people smash their head against the wall in their business, in their relationship with their kids. Like, you know, it's that repeating, you know, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. Why do I have to keep repeating myself? They're saying the same thing to their employees the bank account is always, you know, more month left at the end than, than money, you know, and it's just everything seems harder. And I look at our systems and what we do and how we do it, everything's in flow. doesn't mean we don't have challenges for sure. Like, you know, we have problems that we get to solve all the time. But I think that complete transformation into congruency and flow has been, well, it's, it's been an absolute game changer in my life, but I think it's one of the best things that JCF has as well. It's pretty interesting, right? When, when we start becoming incongruent, things get really difficult. And it's like, you know that I love playing on sandbox mode. Like I want everything to be as easy as possible. Like <laughs> anything I do, I always want to play it easy because fuck, life's hard enough. Dude, you know one thing I, I just don't get, right? I do not understand people saying, oh, I just want to do X, Y, Z by myself. I just want to figure X, Y, Z out by myself. I want to figure out how to fix my low testosterone to make more money, to have a better relationship, like whatever it is that you're looking for, how to connect with your partner more, how to get more sex, like whatever it is. I do not understand people who want to do it by themselves because that is the most difficult hard way because you're going to fail. You're going to fuck up. It's going to take you ages. It's going to cost you lots of time, time which you can never get back. Like that is just the dumbest way of thinking, like so, so dumb. And and at the same time, it is totally the antithesis of success. Success comes when we stand on the shoulders of giants. And if you want to be successful, yet you don't want to act like someone who's successful, aka standing on the shoulders of giants, of course it's going to be difficult. And congruence really leaches into everything, every single aspect of our life. And the less congruent we are, the harder things are going to be. I mean, for example, if let's map out the most difficult people to deal with, the most difficult people to deal with are the ones who won't fix their fucking problems. They're whinging and complaining and not doing anything about it, right? And we all know people like that in our life. They're the people who hesitate, right? They, they don't take action. They are so, oh, let me think about it. I'll, I'll get back to you. You know, you, you tell them, you're like, oh, do you want to come down and play some golf? They're like, oh, I'll have to think about it. The people who ghost you, right? You ask them out to come out for a beer or a feed or something like that. And then all of a sudden the phone goes dead because they're not coming out because something else is going on. Uh, and, and you look at the people that are like that and you look at those qualities and those traits and like, yeah, they're fucking annoying and all of us can vouch for that. But how often do we do those traits as well? How often do we sit with our problems and not fix them? How often do we have things going wrong in our life that we aren't optimizing? How often do we have low energy? How often do we have anxiety? How often do we have things which are holding us back, low testosterone, our sex drive isn't working, our back's feeling sore and stiff and gross? How often do we have that and we don't do anything about it? How often do we say, 
I'll start this thing on Monday. I'll quit drinking on Monday. Just want to finish off this slab. Or I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to start eating healthy when I get all the lollies and I, I eat all of them out of the house and I've only got healthy food. And we just keep pushing bullshit back, bullshit back, bullshit back. We can't expect people to show up at a very high level if we ourselves aren't showing up at a high level. No, and like hands up, I was one of those guys back in the day. I was always trying to like, you know, I'll do it myself. And it's funny because I wanted wanted circle on that. But I I just wanted to point out one of the things that breaks me the most is guys who have been on a roller coaster for so long, on and off, on and off, like going well, not going well, going well, not going well. And it's this continual loop that they keep riding. And from the outside, it's frustrating. I can't imagine what it's like from the inside. This like, oh, yeah, I was winning last week. Now I'm losing again. I'm winning again. I'm losing again. And then they finally see the solution like it's there. And they're like, yeah, I can can see it. And then they're like, oh, but. I just want to. I just want to prove that I can. I can do it by myself first. I'm like, man. Like, why? Why he do that? It's a funny I, thing, isn't it? Bro, breaks me. It's 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 literally heartbreaking to see to know there's a solution right there for someone, and know that they know it too. There's a little hard step for them. It's nothing compared to the roller coaster that they've been on. And they're like, yes, that's my solution. However. I'm going to try prove to myself that I can do it by myself. And I'm like, can you imagine having two options, right? There's a fork in the road. Okay. And one way you can just walk along the path, which is paved and nice and flat. And the other way is covered by glass. Uh, someone's shat all along there and you've got to go and scoot on your butt like a dog when, you know, it's got an itchy yeah. butt and you've got to scoot like, like a dog through there in order to get through it. Which one do you choose? It's like on the one hand, we've got people who are walking through and it's super easy. And then on the other hand, we've got people who are dragging their ass through glass and shit just because they want to prove something. It's like the dumbest thing ever. And ego makes us do so many stupid things. So I've done so much dumb shit out of ego in my time. Um, But I hope that I've learned from it because whenever we go and we listen to that ego and we are all about ego and about proving ourselves and showing our worth and showing that we can do it. I talked the other day about people being self-made. This is a person I know who has self-made tattooed on their hands, right? Because it's a big thing for them. They want to show that they're self-made. First of all, no one is fucking self-made, right? Nobody is because you've got a mum and a dad, right? So you didn't make yourself biologically second of all you'll have a mentor person even if your parents aren't in your life even if there's no one stable in your life along the way there are people who have shaped you and helped you become who you are and it is because of them that you're like this so you're not self-made you are made by the environment you're surrounding yourself with and every single person around you this whole thing of self-made is just bullshit and ego and quite frankly it's fucking wrong it's not a lie because it's not malicious but it's certainly a mistake And the more that we want to push this self-made stuff, the more bullshit it is. Because you know what's funny about everyone who's self-made as well? They want to tell everyone how to do it, right? They want to say, I'm self-made. Come and listen to me about how I achieved X, Y, and Z. That's not very congruent, is it? Because if you truly believe that you are self-made, well, these other people, they wouldn't need your help, would they? Well, no, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think think it's all almost, I know like obviously people have different paths and things have been rough, you know, bad and good there's this version but i'm like whether it's bad or good that has still made you who you are so if you had a shit dad 
You're the shit dad, and you've and that has powered you forward to crush certain aspects of your life. Well, you got to thank that guy. You ever you ever heard that song? You know, a boy named Sue by Johnny Cash. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, I named you Sue because it was you were going to have to go through all these tough times of your life. I'm like, dick move, dick move. But like at the same time, you've got to honor that at some stage in your life and say, fuck, like it it has made me who I am, and I'm by no means self made. I'm a production of my environment. But I want to go back to that pruning thing because you said you know you kind of had that fork in the road, even though you know you may not have made the exams or whatever for the for the medicine mm. versus medical science. But you had all these people telling you, you know, oh, James, you'd be, you'd be a great doctor. You know, and the doctor has a title with it. It's got a place of authority. You know, you wear the white coat, people respect you. Was there an element that like, okay, sweet, I'll go down this path to prove that I can do it, to prove that I'm worthy, to sort of, you know, to prove to these guys that I am that doctor? Massively, massively. And I think that there always is that. When somebody says, oh, you should do this, as always, you should do X, Y, Z. And particularly when it's a desirable trait, you kind of want to prove them that you're good enough. And I think I was actually, it's funny, I was talking to a, um, a friend and a client today. Um, I won't, won't name him, but he, he's very successful. And he pretty much, he left, left home when he was 14. Um, and he had a really shitty home, really shitty environment. And uh, he was always told that he's, you're not good enough. You'll never amount to anything. You're stupid. Like one of those horrible upbringings, right? Some of us here can probably relate to that, right? Uh, and one of those really, really nasty upbringings that he had. And his whole thing was, you know, well, he was 14. He left. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you that I'm going to be great. I'm going to show you that I'm going to be successful. And I'm going to show you that I'm going to do really, really well. And he ended up doing really well. He worked his ass off. He's built a couple of companies. He's super successful. Really, really awesome guy. He's gone out. He's like bought his house. He's he's doing well. He's he's got businesses which are making really, really good money. But that searching for proving himself ended up being super counterproductive because his issue right now is not how much he can work, not his work ethic, but the fact that he's working so much, he doesn't have any space to think, which is going to create anything, which is stopping him from going to the next level. And so when we start attaching our whole self-worth to what other people think and trying to prove things to other people, we often shoot ourselves in the foot. The only time where we actually have really, truly unlimited success is when we stop worrying about proving ourselves to others and instead look at, well, let's see what I can do because I just want to figure out what my limit is. And we shift out of this state of scarcity and we go into abundance and self-actualization. And when we shift into that and we're running this event, you know, as you know, abundant, which is on that. And what abundant is about is how do you actually shift out of this state of worrying about money, worrying where your next paycheck's coming from, doing jobs because you have to, not because you want to, having relationships with your partners and particularly with your partner, your wife, your, your missus, and having relationships where you're not actually satisfied and you're like settling for shit instead of going and getting what you want. How do you break out of that so that you have exactly what you want? I mean, I've done it. You've done it. There are plenty of guys in our circle who have these things. It's like, how do we create more guys who have that? Because when you're abundant, that's when you do really cool shit. When you're abundant, that's when it's, it's this cool thing, man. We've both noticed this over the last year. When you're in this state of abundance and you're not operating out of ego and trying to prove things to people, I think suddenly start getting easier. Like I've had three massive opportunities which have been very, very profitable for me. You know, just literally get dropped on my lap. 
in the last bit. No credit at all to me doing anything well or being smart at all. Like literally nothing to do with that. Like I'm, I'm not smart enough to take, claim credit for any of that. But it's all just because when you operate from this state where you don't give a fuck and you can do what you want, things just work out really, really easily. But that can only come when we get rid of our ego, stop trying to prove things to people and stop trying to say, oh, well, yeah, if I do X, Y, Z, I'll be good enough or I'll be worthy. Fuck that. Switch that around. And how do we say, how can I be better? Who can I find to coach me to make me better? How can I stand on the shoulders of giants so I can achieve some really, truly awesome shit? And that's financially, that's in your relationships, that's with your health. Right, I think you now it on the head in terms of that proving thing. And you, it's, it is a hard road. Not to say it can't be done and not to say that, you know, those guys who ever have had a hard pass and they go down that road of proving, not to say that they haven't succeeded. I believe less people have succeeded there because the, the road is just so hard. It is that glass shit road dragging yourself down it. It's horrible. And then there's, but you're congruent with this idea of proving yourself, but it's not congruent with like, well, I, I talk about what's, what's in your heart. Like the hardest thing to find is that thing that is in your heart. And that goes into like, Joseph Campbell, you know, who created the hero's journey. But one of the scariest things is like when you have that time, there is a knock, you know, there is that knock at the door. It's like once your brain is not focusing on fighting with the family, putting out fires at work with the employees, trying to pay the next bills, you start and you're not working, you know, 80, 100-hour weeks, grinding yourself into the ground. When you have that space and you can start thinking you're not filling up with like, bloody porn or Netflix or your phone or something else that's just distracting you, you have this time where you're like, well, what is it that I actually would love to do? How do I want to get better? What is that thing that I want to take the next step on? And what I find a lot of time is when chatting to, you know, what society calls, aka the successful guy, he gets to this point where he's like, I've killed it. I've nailed it. I've got multiple businesses. I've got the car. I've got the missus, I've got the kids, like, I'm killing it. Fuck, I'm unhappy. Like, why? Why the hell am I so unhappy? And, it, you know, it gets to that point where it's, it gets dangerous. It's drugs or it's the end. Like, it's a, it's a dark place. And I'm like, they've spent their life working for something that is so incongruent with themselves just so they can kind of move up this ladder. And, it, you know. It's because it's that, successful, right? Yeah. Exactly. And you've got this, you know, you've got Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And at the bottom, if you're in a life where it's just scary all the time, there's, you know, it's turning to shit, you might just have the physiological needs. Like you might have a reef over here, might have water. Hopefully you've got some sleep going and some food. Like that's it. Some dudes go from that and they'll just go, fuck it. I'm just going to prove myself because they've had told that they were shit and told them no good. You're never going to amount to anything. Then you've got the next guys who are like, okay, they've got a bit of safety and security maybe in their life. And that is like for any man creating a family or anything like that for and employees in their life, it's like safety and security. Because from that, you can start to leap with the idea that there's a net to catch you. And this is this is that idea of like, okay, if something does come knocking on that call to adventure, like, hey bro, like I think you're really good at this, you know. Could I go make a business out of it? Could I make a career? Could I get a job doing this? And society would say, nah, you stupid, don't do that. Keep, keep going down this path over here with the glass. And you're like, ah, I could give it a nudge. And lots of dudes do. They give it a nudge and they have that opportunity to do and they, they start to live 
and congruence, but it doesn't mean there's not challenges. You know, there's plenty more on the path. But I think it's the difference from the guys who reach the top trying to prove themselves and the guys who reach the top having done something that's really congruent with them. They end well, up there's with- this real inflection point, right? And there's this mm. real change. It's where when we have enough success, having more success doesn't actually make us happier. Like I've coached a lot of dudes who are very, very wealthy and, and have done exceptionally well. And the thing that is the differentiator between guys who are totally happy and guys who are not, they're all confident. They're very charismatic. But the, the big thing that's a difference in happiness and, and, and contentment in having a lot of money is do you actually do stuff every single day that you love, like love down to your core? Uh, and I had this one client and, and he's, a, he's an awesome guy. He's probably one of the best known people, like practitioners who help people with like immune issues, work with the lymphatic system and whatnot. And he always used to say this word, I have to. He always he used to say that phrase, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And so even this guy, though this guy is one of the most recognized dudes in the world for what he does in his, in his area, he still felt like he had to do things because he was stuck and because he wasn't free. And because he was stuck and because he wasn't free, he wasn't able to create the level that he wanted to. Because he was stuck and, free and not free and couldn't create, he also wasn't happy. He wasn't satisfied. He couldn't just go and hang out with his missus. He couldn't just go and hang out with his friends. He couldn't just go out and do simple things and feel all right. He always had to prove himself and he always proved himself by working. And so he had naturally a flow on effect of a heap of negative effects, which really, really dramatically impacted him. And as soon as we shifted that have to into, I want to do this and put him into a position of choice, things got really, really easy, really, really quickly because he was coaching people who want to be better and want to be happier. It's very, very difficult to coach people in something and lead the, help their lives be better if you're not happy in yourself. And if we look in any business, any job in the world, any role of a human, our only job is to make the lives of other humans better. Like that is the only thing that we do. And if you do that well, then you're going to be very, very happy. Uh, and in order to do that job well, you need to be content within yourself and doing things that you want to do. Because if you are not happy and you're not wanting to do things, instead you're having to do things, it's much, much more difficult to serve and to be congruent than to absolutely dominate. And I think that like really if, if we had to sum up and I had to go through like the number one thing that really is costing millions of men like shitloads of money and happiness, it's simply that, being congruent. If we are more congruent, we are always going to have a much more fun time and we're going to win. And what do I mean by congruent? Solve your fucking problems. If you have a problem, go out and solve it. Stop hesitating on it. Step number two, take more action. Move more forwards. Move faster. Take a risk. Stop worrying about if you'll fail or stop worrying about, oh, maybe it won't work. What if if it doesn't? What if it does? What if it does actually work? And the other thing is, what if you've got this problem and you don't fix it? What's that going to cost you in the next day, week, month, year, 10 years. Because let's be honest, if you put off something for a day, you're probably going to put it off for a year. How many people have we seen who say, oh, wait till New Year's resolutions and then never fucking do anything? Start taking action, start doing something and drop the ego. No one's fucking self-made, all right? No one is self-made because you were literally made by two other people, okay? It doesn't matter if they have a point in your life or, or, or not. You were made by somebody else. You are not self-made. No one is ever self-made. I am certainly sure as shit not self-made. Fuck, if I was trying to do this all by myself, I wouldn't be very far right now. Stand on the shoulders of giants, right? If we can stand on the shoulders of giants, we will dominate and you will be exceptionally successful no matter what you want to do. 
it's funny how much that is an ego thing in itself. It took me years to admit that I hadn't done shit by myself. It took me years. Like, no, I'm proofless. I'll get this. I'll do it by myself. I'm like, even if you do, you haven't done it by yourself. This is the crazy thing. One of the most interesting things, like you mentioned, and I think it's one of the one of the best things we do over JCF is like this holistic idea. So to have abundance, you you can't afford to be in a fight or flight situation. Like you just can't because you're making decisions. Where you're thinking fight or flight. Yeah. Where yeah. you're just you, where you're up all the time and you're just like, shit, I've got to do this. Like, oh man, I have to do this. You know, it's not like, mm, do you? You don't have time to think about that. And I think that's like the holistic approach of like the hierarchy of health where we fix the nervous system and we focus on that and we bring guys down. You can only get into a place of abundance if you have that. There's no other way. You well, have you ever noticed that whenever you're stressed, everything goes mm. fucking wrong? Yeah. Right? You sleep in because you had a shit night's sleep. You wake up and stub your toe. You go and have an argument with your missus. You dr- go and try to drive the car out of the, out of the driveway and you look at it and you're like, fuck, I've got no petrol. And then you're late to work and then you get stuck in traffic and you hit every single red light that comes through and then your boss is a prick to you that day. It's like everything spitballs and gets goes wrong. Whereas on the days where you don't give a fuck and you're super chilled out and relaxed, everything just falls into place. It always does. And the world has a funny way. If you're being stressed out and you're being anxious and you're having all those negative things and you are stuck in a state of fight or flight, everything goes to shit really quick. This is funny. This is funny because people would talk about, you talked about these opportunities that just kind of landed in your lap, right? Super chill, yeah. dude. Abundant, like lands in your lap. People are like, oh, fuck off, mate. Like, I don't need to hear about this. Like manifestation of like these things that just popped in your lap. I'm like, well, hang on, mate. What happens when you're stressed out, you forget the fuel, you run the red lights, you get the ticket, your boss is a dick, all these things. I'm like, did you not manifest those in your life because you were at this end of the spectrum? Like, why is it that so easy to believe that, okay, I was stressed out, that's why all these happened. And it's not easy to believe that because I was chilled out, relaxed, happy-go-lucky dude, like all these opportunities fell in my life. People, everyone fucks up manifestation, right? They all think that it's just like you, you go and fucking wear some crystals and, and whack on a linen shirt and meditate like Buddha on the couch and then all of a sudden things come to you. It's like, no, that's Priority not it. It's, it's like there's four levels. It's like, number one, your beliefs, they shape your thoughts. Your thoughts shape your actions. Your actions shape, shape your outcomes. Manifestation isn't so much like think and grow rich, right? Um, not to shit on the book because it's a great book, but it's not just like thinking, like that's all you do. Your thoughts and the way that you perceive the environment around you changes the way that you act towards it. So for example, have you ever noticed when you're really, really angry, you look like a cunt? And then when you look like a cunt, funnily enough, cunts find you and they want to fight you because you just stand out like dog's balls to them. They think, hell yeah, let's do it. I want to get some anger out. You want to get some anger out? Let's do it. And And you go and you get into more fights. It's like, that's just how it happens. Whereas if you're super chilled and relaxed, have you ever tried fighting somebody who's really relaxed? It's like, it's impossible. It's so hard. And you say, oh, you're a fucking cunt. And they say, oh, yeah, probably. Whatever. See ya. And they walk on. Like, you can't fight with that. And it's the same thing in, in business. It's like, who do you want to deal with? Do you want to deal with that dude who's like, whatever, dude, i got money coming in all the time. Whether you work with me or not, I don't give a shit. You're like, oh, yeah, I want to work with that guy versus the guy who's like begging you for money. They're anxious. They're worried. They're erratic. It's like, ah, fuck that. You never want to deal with that guy. 
You want to deal with the dude who's cool, calm, and collected and coming from the space of abundance. Think about it in your own life. How many times have you dealt with people who are not who are coming from a place of scarcity and are super stressed out? How often have those experiences been pre- pre- like really pleasant? But then when you go and you shift it the other way, when somebody is super abundant and just wants to help, just wants to be totally congruent, solves their problems, takes action, has no ego, they're a pleasure to deal with. Mate, that's so clear in my life. It's when I was the brokest was when I was like had the most poor mindset, the most stressed out, the, and the biggest thing of like trying to prove something. And one of one of the like to to get this in a mathematical way, Sean Anker wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage, and he literally goes through studies and proves how somebody who's less stressed has a happier attitude to life is more lucky because they see the opportunities. They did it through like a newspaper, turning a newspaper. And the guys who are like, oh, fuck, whatever, like life, you know, life's shit. It's all going to be shit. And they're turning these pages. Yet on the second page, it's like, oh, go to page three and take the coupon and win $10,000. Oh, fucking sweet. Because you're chilled out. You don't see the opportunity. You, you see the opportunities that are there with the guy who isn't, you know, is flipping through them. And it's, it's down to biology as well. They did it with guys like... Um, guys and girls reducing their age like to a point where they use their old ID it was some I can't remember the exact years but it was like a decade or so had passed and they're looking at these IDs and they're all their bloods showed positive results cholesterols fitness everything had changed and it was like oh all right well what do you know like it, it's all connected in this holistic thing of like down regulate everything create this level, different level of thinking and you create an entirely different life, and you live energetically in alignment, physically in alignment, and and with the actions that are in alignment with what you want, not what somebody said that you'd be good at, not what somebody said you should go after, like what you want. And, yeah, it it blows my mind every time. It's a game changer. But, dude, I reckon we wrap it up on that. This has been an awesome chat. Now, guys, if you're listening, by the way, and you want to become more abundant and you want to be more congruent, Here's what you can do. Number one, every single problem that you have, write it down right now. Step number two, fucking do something about it. And when I mean do something about it, number one, do you know how to fix this problem? Yes or no? And it can't be, oh, kind of, sort of. That's a no. You do not. It's either a fuck yes or it's a no. Okay? As simple as that. And if it's a no ever, who can you find to help you with that? Feel free to reach out to us because we pretty much, we can either solve a lot of lot of problems or we can introduce you to someone who can solve that problem, right? And then step three is drop the ego. We're never self-made, right? Drop the ego and embrace standing on the shoulders of giants because when you can do that, please believe me, I was one of the biggest ego guys out and I cost myself so much time and effort and money. So don't make the same dumb mistake that I did. I've already made that mistake. You don't have to make it too. Stand on the shoulders of giants, learn from people who are in a better position than you and grow really, really quick. Josh, thanks for your time, man. Thanks for coming on. I love it. Love hearing more about it and more about the things that have gone on as well. It's, it's awesome. It's a cool opportunity. 100% man. Pleasure as always, bro. See you later, mate. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you got something out of it and you want to learn more, Click the link below or type in High Performance Conversations with James Can, and you'll be able to check out all the podcasts that we've done. We cover a stack of different topics, everything from getting your mojo back, overcoming anxiety, self-doubt, self-esteem, and learning from some of the industries and some of the world's top performers in both business and in health. Look forward to having you on there.